Hey, this is Kiran Agrawal from the Sparkling Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Jeff Marthles with us. If you are thinking about luxury real estate in San Francisco, he is the person you should know about. He is famous for his exceptional customer service, practical advice, and also for making magic happen. So let's welcome our today's guest, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I see that you you went to my Instagram this <laughs> last week and, and and got that, huh? <laughs> Sometimes I do that. I sneak peek. So <laughs> Alrighty. So my first question to you is, how did this all started? Like, how did you catch the entrepreneurial bug? Okay. Well, well, just just to start, I really want to uh, thank you right off the bat, you know, for acknowledging my work and uh, inviting me onto the show. I really do appreciate it. I do try to get uh, as much out there into the audience as I possibly can. To answer your question, how did I fall into real estate? I'm a 50-something-year-old man. Uh, I actually graduated with a completely different degree, uh, as a lot of people do, uh, and I just couldn't find my niche, to be frank with you. Um, I'm more of an extroverted personality. Uh, I'm a people person, and the career choices that I was going down originally just it weren't, wasn't a fit for my personality. Um, you know, I was very much scientifically based. I was a uh, a marine biologist for some time uh, working up in the Bering Sea and did some other things. And it just, I couldn't find sort of my niche and really what I wanted to do. Uh, and about 20 plus years ago, I worked for uh, a main uh, bank here in Silicon Valley and I, I just knew I didn't belong. And back in 2000, 2001, I really made a conscious decision to say, what is missing in my life from a business point of view? How do I create an environment where I could be self-sustaining, not rely on other people, be an entrepreneur at heart and be more self-reliant? You know, uh, I did come to a certain point back in 2000, 2001, uh, right before I got my in, uh, real estate license where I didn't like the, the possibility of, of a corporation or a person really dictating who I am, my own value, where I fit in in somebody else's group or corporation. And so that's really when I struck out by myself. And, and I've been independent for 22, 23 years at this point. Although you just look 22, 23 years old. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding though. <laughs> it's true. So let me tell you, if I ask you about a curiosity of yours, what are you curious about right now? You know, I, I went through a lot of the questions and what I'm curious about is, you know, the ever evolving change of marketing, right? To where, you know, just as I am here on this podcast with you, I mean, five years ago, that, that wasn't even a thing, you know? So I think it comes down to, for myself, the curiosity part of it is, how do I reach more people how do I get my message out to a greater audience and be very proactive in that realm? You know, what are the new things that I could do to sort of push my brand, push my audience and, and get more people to really get involved with, you know, with, with not only San Francisco real estate market, but other things that are of interest to, to my life, right? Building a personal brand, I think, is one of your curiosities, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Alrighty. I'm evolving into a little bit more. 
you know, from a certain point of view, I am, I'm almost a workaholic. I wouldn't consider myself a complete workaholic, but I do work every day. And it's one of these things that, you know, when people see me, um, you know, I have to play at a higher level. So it really, it really comes down to those are the things that are, are, are curious to me is like, how do I promote? How do I get an edge on my competition? How do I promote other people's properties to a higher level? Uh, and that's where I'm always trying to refine and, and, and sort of grow the business, right? Okay. And you were talking about social media, like you were talking about the marketing stuff, right? So what do you think social media is bringing to the table? Do you think, is there any uh, influence social media is playing on real estate market? I, I think it does. Um, just for instance, you know, and, and I look at um, the different socials that I'm part of, and I try to be more proactive. It, it does get a little bit cumbersome because I do take on a lot, but it does work. You know, uh, a perfect example is last year uh, during the beginning of COVID, uh, one of my clients who, who was friends with him on LinkedIn years ago, uh, you know, it, it's been years and he was looking for a change and he was selling his San Francisco home and he, he moved to Mexico. And one of the things that really resonated was like, he goes, I don't know any real estate agents. Ah, but I know Jeff on LinkedIn. I'm going to reach out to him. And so it, it does take a lot of work, but there, there's fruit from that. You know, um, I'm always looking for how I could push that stuff out. I'm still trying to figure out some of these things and where the crossover is because I do have uh, a business persona and where does the business persona meet the personal persona? And for instance, LinkedIn is, is very business. Um, my Instagram, however, classic car fanatic, you know, I love classic cars. So I have a lot of real estate <laughs> images, but then I also have, you know, a, a handful of cars in their inner space, just simply because it actually brings enjoyment to me. I do have people that follow me on my Instagram and they go, oh, you're the car guy. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, just for instance, this last weekend, I, I participated and, and one was one of the uh, presenters at the Tiburon Classic Car Show, you know, so I brought one of my cars and it's a great avenue to meet people. But also, where is that confluence you know you have people that are interested in real estate and all that but the reality is real estate is a a person personal business and when i'm connecting with people just you know out there in the racetrack or down in the car show you know people you know we have common interests and i think that's really where the crossover is on say my instagram uh, and then you have the, the the business websites and then uh, the Facebook business page, as well as, you know, my, my personal page, which is really like high school friends and just seeing what I'm up to, right? So you got to be able to define what goes into what buckets from a social media point of view, right? You have to pick the right balls and put them into the right baskets when it comes to social media. Exactly, exactly. And, it, and it's, it's hard to narrow that down at, at, at a certain point if you're, if you're very broad. Um, but like my Instagram, I mean, it actually brings me a lot of joy looking and editing pictures and putting them up there. Most of the time, it should be all real estate related. <laughs> I, I, I'm, uh, I'm passionate about the uh, vintage automobile. So it, it's going to get in there regardless. Absolutely. And uh, tell us, what do you think is the biggest myth 
that you feel is in the field of real estate? The biggest myth I tell you right off the bat, and, and I've, I've known this for years, the biggest myth in real estate is that it is easy. Um, you know, especially in say like a hot real estate market where people are like, oh, all you have to do is, is pick up the phone and you got a sale. You know, it is, it, this is an industry where you can go in, in multiple different directions, very, very broad. Uh, and then it comes down to, it's like, if you're just selling real estate, like I run a real estate brokerage, you know, it really is a misperception that, you know, it's, a, it's an easy job. Part of this is to say that, you know, a lot of people just say, oh, it's easy. You just, you just get a buyer and, and, and you, you make money. Well, it couldn't be further from the truth, right? Uh, a perfect example is during COVID, which there's a lot of restrictions into just showing property. We closed escrow about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. It's taken me six months of showing property. I have never written so many offers with these, uh, this, this party. I wrote at least 15 offers until they got into, into contract. So, you know, part of that is to say, you really have to have the right temperament to say, you know, you didn't get this one. We're, we're, we're still at it. We're still going to, we're, we're going forward, you know, and having that positive attitude the entire time. Um, and that's really one of the biggest things. It really comes down to having the right temperament and, and, and really working hard. I work every day on my business, every day. Uh, and so for people that think it's easy, good luck, right? <laughs> you have to have the right temperament. You have to have positive attitude and you have to work hard. I think, I think absolutely. And I do think, you know, you, you do have to work hard. Okay. You work every day. The thing about this real estate business nowadays is anybody can reach you at any time of the day and you have to be responsive, right? You, you have to be there. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all about customer service. And, and if they're trying to reach you and it goes into the void and you're not responsive, you're going to lose that client. That's the way it is. You have to work 24 seven and respond to the call whenever the phone rings. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So what is your biggest failure till now? And what was the lesson you learned from it? You know, that, that was probably the hardest question for me to really think about. And I came with it today. And I think the biggest failure that I had, but this was, this was, in 2008, 2009, my biggest failure was thinking I could do everything myself, right? In the sense that in real estate, you have so many different people that are party to just one transaction. And when I was originally trying to build my, my old brokerage, um, maybe I was a little arrogant and in and, and thinking that I could do everything uh, and I think that's really, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a lesson learned, right? I rely on my transaction coordinator who has been really my work wife for 20 years. I mean, she's, she's, she does all my paperwork. She helps me. We troubleshoot. But I also have a whole team of photographers, videographers, marketing. You know, I have co-agents, you know. So um, it, it really comes down to, uh, and, and also the sense that, you know, I used to work 
and be the broker owner of my own company, 100% ownership. Um, I have found that it is much easier to say, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, and I am partnering up with those other people that are bringing things to the table. So we're all equal. I have two other business partners in my current venture, and they both bring unique aspects to, you know, what we're trying to create, right? Uh, one guy, you know, he, he's very, very good, very high level, sort of a visionary. Uh, I've been watching him for years, very respected. And then my other uh, partner who is, is an agent like myself, uh, he's really a, a grinder like myself, but he's, he's tackling a lot of the marketing things and the look and feel. And, you know, he also performs at a higher level, uh, higher price points too. I mean, his, his sort of portfolio of clients is pretty amazing. Um, and so we, we bring these different aspects uh, to the brokerage and, and me having come from uh, having my own brokerage for a number of years, you know, I'm the broker of record. I know how to manage people at the same time. And, and so we're bringing in these, these different aspects to be able to grow it. And that is probably the biggest lesson learned from my failure back in 2007 or eight, just sort of thinking that I, I could do a, a lot more than I could. There's only certain hours in the day, you know, and I'm also a family man. I have three kids. I, I do believe there has to be, you know, family first at a certain point, right? You know, you, you have to give time to your kids and your family. And so I try to be successful on multiple levels, not just career, but from a family and, and being uh, married and all of that. So that would be, that would be where I, I would say that was my biggest failure back in the day. Dedicating the work is the lesson you learn. Dedicating yeah. the work to the right people already. Yeah. And, and just learning about it, just knowing knowing where you can improve and being humble, basically. All righty. So in your opinion, what do you think is the most important personality trait that one should have to succeed in real estate or in business? Right. I think, you know, the real estate industry is, is very tight. You know, you, you could even, you, you know, in San Francisco, I think there's, for instance, 4,000 real estate agents. But it is the 80-20 rule. It actually could be like the 90-10 rule in a certain degree. So those performing agents, it's a small community. And I think that the biggest, one of the, one of the biggest characteristics is for me, it works very, be humble. You know, um, do not be the arrogant person. Do not think that your knowledge is better than anybody else's. If you could be a humble person, then show gratitude towards any conversation that you have, anybody that you're dealing with in your life. And, and I think that really comes down to it's just a personality trait that people should just institute anyway, is to be humble and treat people the way you want to be treated. I think that is one characteristic that um, I try to exude, right? The other would be listening. You know, there's a lot of people that just don't listen. And for me, when I say I, I interview a prospect, I wouldn't say interview, but when I talk to a prospect about what they want, I lead with a lot of conversation, a lot of, a lot of questions. So I could listen to their responses. And, and sure enough, I tell you, I could get, you know, somebody calls me cold 
and is looking for something. By the end of the conversation, they're not just a cold contact. They are a warm prospect and they're probably a client because, you know, I'm, I'm taking the time to listen. I, I, you know, I engage with them. I try to get onto their level and their page. And the reality is if I listen to the right replies to them, I can sure enough say, you're looking in this building or this building. I, I had this conversation just yesterday. And, and to a sense that, you know, if they want, for instance, and I, I deal with a lot of high rise buildings, Types. It's like, I want a view unit. I want a one bedroom. This is my budget. Okay. Really easy for me just to say, you're looking at these three buildings. You know, we're going to look at everything, but I'll tell you, we're going to target these three buildings. And sure enough, they end up in those buildings, right? Um, so we have being humble and listening. Um, I think the biggest, another big aspect is it's a personality trait. Um, I'm an extrovert. I do very well with people. I'm a real estate is a people business. You know, you have to be able to uh, get along with people. You have to be able to uh, win people over with charisma and just being yourself. And I think that takes me a very long way. Uh, for me, if there is say 14 different types of personality, I could read them all. And if there are two very hard personalities to get along with, you know, the, the bullies, I mirror them right back and they actually respect me more because of that. So I think part of that is to, uh, you know, be an extrovert, be yourself, uh, be charismatic and be able to talk to people and, you know, just have fun. You know, I think that's the, that's the thing. Some people uh, get right into business. I like to have fun with people. You know, a lot of these people end up becoming my friends. Uh, and, you know, it's because we get along, we have a good time. And, and so those would be sort of the, the big three characteristics that I think really uh, an agent like myself has really found success with. Being humble, listening, and becoming an extrovert, being charismatic about everything. All right. So exactly. Uh, if we had a time capsule on this show, okay, mm -hmm. although you look 20, we put you in that time capsule, take you back to when you were 20 year old, what would be that one piece of advice you would give to yourself that would have a major impact on your entrepreneurial journey? You know, I, it, that's another tough question. I was thinking about that. You know, I, I think in my twenties, I tried a lot of different things. Um, as I said, I studied Marine biology. I tried it. I knew it was not the right personality type for me, um, just for my, my personality. Uh, I think that people should try and not be scared to try. I also think one of the things for me is, you know, if you're single, try to try to travel more. I did not travel enough. I lived overseas in Taiwan for a while. Um, if I was in my 20s, I would say open yourself to the world sooner than I did. When I moved to Taipei, I was 29, 30. Um, I should have done that when I was 22, 24, 25, right? Uh, but I think also it comes down to people, you, you learn things and then you adjust, right? Um, and sure enough, you'll find your niche. You just have to try 
what works for you? Try what works for you to find your niche. Yeah. Okay. So uh, tell us what is that one life lesson that your job has taught you, which everybody should learn at some point in their life. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think I, I've touched on that. It's, it's being humble and listening to people. Um, I, I think when I have a self-deprecating humor, I'll, I'll goof on myself. Um, and I think that shows confidence that I don't really care, you know, too much about what other people think. Um, I think that people need to be themselves, be humble, uh, and be thankful. Uh, for the opportunities that you get every day in life. You know, um, I think this life could turn around and be very short for some people. Um, and I, I think being humble, people appreciate it. And I think it goes a long way. What comes around goes around. What comes around, that goes around. Okay. So tell us, uh, did you always thought about becoming a real estate agent? Like how did you stumble into real estate? I never even thought about a career in sales. When I was in my early 20s, I don't know, I, I wasn't there. I was, I, was, I was studying marine biology as I was floating around in a boat in the Bering Sea. I was, it was a different perspective. Uh, back in 2000, as I mentioned, I, I worked for a very large bank in Silicon Valley. And there's a, there's a um, personality test called the Myers-Briggs test, right? And I took that and then we had a big convention in San Diego and there's hundreds of people, you know, all throughout the company in this massive room, banquet room, and you're supposed to sit with your personality. You know, I was in the smallest table and, and everybody else was all these bankers and all of these people out there. And, and I was, I was in a table of, of like eight people. I'm like, something is a complete mess. You know, and, and so at that point, I'm like, I just don't fit in. I mean, I, I just don't fit in this crowd. And my mother-in-law is uh, a real estate broker on Hawaii. And, and I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe that's something I should do, you know. Um, and as I said before, you know, I'm, I'm independently thoughtful. Uh, I've been responsible for myself, my family for years. I've never had to worry about creating a resume and hoping and praying that I get a good job at somebody else's firm. Uh, I've always wanted to take ownership of my own sort of life. And I thought that real estate would be it. Um, and sure it has. Uh, I think that some of the things are, there's a lot of challenge, especially those first two years in real estate, very, very challenging. And one of, uh, there's a consultant that I, I talked to, worked with her for a little bit. Um, he, we talked about the red ocean and the blue ocean, right? Red ocean is where you have an ocean full of the same people. A lot of real estate agents in San Francisco and they're, 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 they're eating each other because, uh, you know, there's so much competition and it's a matter of finding the blue ocean where, you could be a fish and swim and you could have room to grow, right? Um, the reality is San Francisco or Bay Area in real estate in general, it is a red ocean. It is very cutthroat. There's a lot of people in there. So you have to find space away from the other people. And that comes down to creating your own niche, you know, 
working hard. And at a certain point, you'll get traction and it'll start to snowball, right? Um, I think, you know, getting into real estate, it is, what I would say, it, it it's a challenging up road, up, you're pushing up the hill a lot for the first number of years. And if you don't have the right temperament, you know, or if you don't have the drive to be successful, you could fail very easily. And so I think that is one of the two come back to one of your questions, that is a misperception that it is easy. It is anything but easy. It is, the real estate industry really is full of potholes. Uh, it is full of challenges uh, and you really have to be sort of one of these people that could take on challenges and solve issues for people. Uh, and then I think that's Part of the way you become successful, you know, some of the most challenging clients, if you could tackle some of these challenging things, personality traits, a hard a negotiation, a, a hard property to sell, you know, they're going to shower you with accolades. And those people that are, are not, those people that are going to put you down, you know, those days are very difficult when you get bad news in real estate. And from my point of view, it's like, you suck it up that day. Your day is just hard. It, it's tough. Um, tomorrow is a new day. You start off fresh and new. Uh, and that's the way I look at it. You know, I'm, I'm one of these people that I make my bed every morning. So if I completely fail in my day, you know, I, I have some level of success and, um, you know, and I, I, I'm just a constant pusher. I'm pushing every single day. I am a constant believer of miracles happen every day. Just look for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is something I look into that answer. Okay. Yeah. So what is your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs? What is my favorite productivity hack? I think it's, I think I actually just touched on it. You know, it comes down to making my bet. I have three kids that are in middle school and, and um, high school. And I think at one point in my life, something switched in my head where I am not a procrastinator, you know, to where if something needs to be done, do it right now, get it done with and move on to the next task. Um, I think procrastination is terrible. You know, I, I see it in my kids, you know, even in their schoolwork. Oh, I'll get to it later. Later is at 1030 at night. And now you've wasted your day and you're studying for a test or doing homework at way too late at night. You know, so I think that the productivity hack is really just get up and do it. Be motivated and keep on pushing. And that comes down to a work ethic. If you don't have a strong work ethic and, and you don't have that production every day and things scheduled within your calendar, it gets really hard and really easy for things to slip by. And with real estate, when you are, it's a customer service business. If you are not, as I said, responsive right there to get things done, you're, you're losing it. You're, you know, things are getting done by the wayside and 
you know, nobody wants to come back at the end of the day to do work that you should have done earlier in the day. Um, so I think my biggest message is in, in all of that is be productive, take care of tasks right away, because the reality is sometimes in real estate, especially within any customer service industry, sometimes there is a fire that you need to put out right now. And if you don't have that mentality to tackle things right now, you're not going to get there. Uh, you need to take care of things right, right from the start. Uh, if I sum it up in a nutshell, there is a book called Eat That Frog, which uh, elaborates this topic, like eat that frog right away. Don't, don't do it later. Don't procrastinate. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard of that book. I haven't read it, but I mean, you just gave me the cliff notes. <laughs> All right. So if you could tell me, uh, what is that one book that you would recommend for the audience, which could help them anywhere in their business or in their life? Uh, you know, one of the books that I read early on was, was the, uh, Kawasaki book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, I think it's a, for me, it's a mentality point of view. Um, but we're talking about the real estate industry and try to create wealth in real estate. And this also goes back to one of my, one of your earlier questions. What would I do when I was 20? I'd buy more property. You know, I, you know, I, I think it, it comes down to it's like people have to understand, you know, your, your the portfolio you have in, in stocks and bonds, a real estate portfolio and, and the tax benefits of that, uh, as well as normal income. And I think that um, that would be one of the that's one of the changing books that I had uh, read that really changed my mentality. Uh, and actually it was one of the books that got me into real estate as well. Um, one of my biggest issues, however, is I got really stuck into the brokerage aspect of it versus just buying real estate and buying real estate. And I, and I would attribute that actually to, uh, one, one specific thing is I'm in San Francisco and income property, a lot of times just doesn't pencil out. You know, when you're looking at cap rates, it doesn't necessarily work in San Francisco. You got to go outside of your zone. And in California, you might actually need to go into other states to be able to buy property. So I bought properties in other states. That cash flow, um, not necessarily in, in San Francisco. So I think part of that is to understand your market. Uh, if you are, if people are looking to get into real estate, Rich Dad Poor Dad is a great book just to get a, a, the mentality straight or what you want to do in real estate, because real estate, you can do all sorts of different things. You could just be an investor. You could buy apartment buildings. You could buy single family homes. You can gravitate uh, to larger portfolios, be a passive investor within uh, a syndicate. There's a number of different things. A lot of people just get into the real estate brokerage part of it. And that's where I'm firmly planted, but I have interest in other aspects as well. Uh, and so I think it's a good way to get people motivated. Which that order it is. Yeah, there it is. Okay. So what is a one golden nugget that uh, your real estate career has taught you, which everybody starting in real estate should know before getting into real estate? You know, it, 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 it's a lot harder than you think. Um, it is more competitive than you think. I think when you are thinking about a real estate career, 
before you go down that line, um, even with agents that I interviewed to come on to our firm, I have them write a business plan. You know, give me a two-page business plan and tell me how are you going to be successful. I think that people, or it's very easy to say, oh, I'm just going to get my real estate license and I'll be an agent. You know, I forget the statistic, but I think it's about 80% of people that get a real estate license fail in real estate, right? It's an incredible amount to where people are getting the real estate license, but they don't plan past that. They think that it's going to be easy after that. So what I tell uh, agents or people that I'm interviewing is write me a two-page business plan. You could, you could, you could write it on the numbers point of view to see, you could back out your numbers to say, oh, I want to make $100,000 a year. Okay, well, I have to sell, to make $100,000, I have to sell X, okay? So you can figure out your production, but if we're in a red ocean and there are a lot of other realtors out there and you're competing for business, how are you going to do it? You know, what's, what is the plan of attack? How, what is your database looking like? You know, I, I have people, some of the first things that's like, start on your database. You know, when I'm, when I talk to people that are getting into, into the business, I had this conversation two weeks ago. You know, you have not taken your exam yet, but you can still work at defining your message, defining who you are right now. You don't have to wait just to get your real estate license. You could do all the prep work. And a lot of the prep work could be fill out your, you know, get your database of contacts. Make sure your database is as robust as possible because right from the start, you're going to be relying on those people, not for their business, but you want their referrals right? You never want to really do business with your friends, in my opinion. You know, you don't want to ask your friends for their business, but if they know what you're doing, they'll refer their friends to you. You clearly have to have and show success, right? And you need to have that persona about you of a winning mentality and being able to take on those challenges and, 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 once again, have that, that same mentality where you're going to listen to people, you're going to offer advice. Um, my, my point of view is I've never, I'm a, you know, real estate is a sales industry. Yes, I am a, I'm an advice giver. I give advice, you know, it's up to the people to take the advice, but I get people and I don't do business with them, but they want to know, how do I do this? What do you think about that? And I think that I want to be known as uh, sort of in a, uh, sort of on the same level as a CPA or a doctor, right? I am a professional that's, that's giving advice. I know my, my business very well, and I'm an advisor to my clients, you know, um, not just the salespeople. I think that there are, and that's the way I've always approached real estate, is I'm not a salesperson. Sales is part of it, but the... Uh, being an advisor also includes really understanding your marketplace, understanding the fiscal po monetary policy of the Fed all the way down. You have to have a very broad, uh, high level understanding of how economics works, how fiscal policy changes things, how uh, monetary policy changes things and where the direction is 
that the market is going. And so when people ask me for my advice, I'm giving a very well-rounded package of what I think, not just, oh, just sell your property. You know, I have a, a client of mine, I've done four transactions with, and he used to be uh, a very per, a high level person at uh, Bechtel. Great guy. I mean, one of the nicest guys. And the funny thing is when we were in the 2000, in the height of the 2007 recession, you know, he came to me and he's just like, should I sell my property? I'm like, no, you shouldn't sell your property. Just, just rent it out for two and a half years. Just rent it out for two and a half years. And then we'll deal with it. Then the market will come back. And the funny thing is he talks to the lender that I'm still, I'm friends with too. And he goes, you know, Jeff is like the only real estate agent that would give me the advice not to sell something, you know, because the reality is he did so much better by taking my advice, he put a tenant in there for two years, the tenant moved out, we, we marketed in states, the recession was, you know, legs were back in the real estate market and he made a heck of a lot more money than, than just selling it at that time. So I think it, it comes down to, uh, you know, you have to be honest and ethical. I think, you know, every real estate agent, you know, realtor has to be ethical and honest. Some people are, some people are clearly not. Um, but I think it's one of these things that I think if you are upfront about these things right from the start, you know, people are going to, they're going to appreciate you more. Uh, and it's a matter of giving, you know, I give uh, and, you know, it'll come back to me in one shape or another. Right. And that's sort of the way I look at life in general. You know, you, you give good advice, you give good practice, you, you, you give to others uh, and it'll come back in, in spades. Definitely, it will come back. Like what goes around, that comes around. That is what you said. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So where can the listeners find you? You know, I have, uh, I'm, I'm fairly active on a number of different platforms. Uh, people could reach me out onto my LinkedIn page, Jeffrey Marples. Uh, I have a YouTube channel uh, under, I think it's property in San Francisco or under my name. Once again, Jeff Marples, I got a YouTube channel. Uh, my, my Instagram, uh, Facebook, all of that. I'm happy to give you the links uh, afterwards if you want to uh, connect. Uh, but the easiest way for people to reach out to me is going to be my phone number. I could give that phone number now if you'd like. Please. Uh, my, my direct cell phone number is 415-336-9695. Once again, 415-336-9695. I answer my phone all the time. And I think that's really, you know, in this world that is so digital where people are just emailing or whatnot, it's great to have a conversation and just, you know, talk, you know, I think, I think that's what's missing a lot uh, in today's marketplace and, and, and in, in business in general. Um, I like the conversation. Okay, so that was today's episode of the Sparkling Entrepreneur Show. Today we have Jeff Mathelis with us. Jeff, thank you for being on the show. We truly appreciate your time. Absolutely. I am your host, Kiran Agra, signing off. You guys take care till then. Bye.